Chapter 8 of A Story of Love by Francis Cassilli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 Children of God. From man's participation in the divine nature results a special relationship, the existence of which might not have been suspected. Friendship or love between men is of varied degrees of nearness and intensity the bond of affection is generally much closer between members of the same family between brother and sister parent and child than where no blood relationship exists we have often heard that we are children of god and in the prayer taught by christ himself and which we say every day we address god as our father and toward him we have a real filial affection but if taken unawares and asked whether these expressions were to be understood literally whether they implied anything more than the existence of an intimate mutual affection between us and god we would perhaps be at a loss to answer is there any real sense in which we are god's children and members of his family in a text before quoted the apostle of love tells us behold what manner of charity the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called and should be the sons of god dearly beloved we are now the sons of god st paul sent the following inspired words to the romans whosoever are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god you have received the spirit of adoption of sons whereby we cry abba father numerous other quotations referring to the relation of our sonship to god might be given but these will suffice for our present purpose the council of trent calls justification a translation to the state of grace and of the adoption of the sons of god the reiterated assertion of scripture and counsel that we are the adopted sons of god without any attempt to gloss its meaning seems to imply that this relationship between god and the just man is something more than a mere figure of speech that it is true in some genuine sense the eternal son is generated by the father from whom all paternity in heaven and on earth is named but this perfect sonship is of course for a multiplicity of reasons precluded to creatures among men one is called a son who is begotten of an earthly father and receives from him a similar nature there is also a relation in civil society called adoptive sonship by which a stranger child without claim of its own is received into the family of its adopted father and given all the affection and privileges belonging to one who is a child by nature this adoptive sonship as in the natural relation also requires a similarity of nature between father and child since in no proper sense could a man adopt an angel as his child and much less a mere animal but this common nature the adopted child does not receive from its reputed father it has it previous to adoption the legal father agrees to regard a child as his own 
and gives it the same love and rights as though he had been responsible for its coming into the world on the other hand the child acts toward the father as though it had received also its being from him together with all the other benefits it obtains at his hands adoption thus analyzed reduces itself to a social and legal fiction constituting paternity and sonship as far as a free and gratuitous compact can replace the natural relation thus reliable authors consider it between us and god there certainly exists at least this kind of relationship the texts we have quoted establish this much beyond cavil the holy ghost himself is witness according to st paul that we are the sons of god here are his words the spirit himself giveth testimony to our spirit that we are the sons children of god and if sons heirs also heirs indeed of god and joint heirs with christ the testimony of the holy spirit cannot be called in question and he here testifies that we are god's children and in consequence heirs of god as children are of their father he adds that we share our inheritance with christ who is the natural son of god and hence it must follow that if we are sons and christ is son and we are heirs and joint heirs with christ who is the natural heir of his father christ our elder brother and we must form one large family of children under our father in heaven adoptive sonship among men requires as we have seen a common nature between father and child and it must exist before the adoption whereas before our divine adoption we have not this similarity with god we acquire it only by the infusion of grace which causes us to participate in the divine nature by grace then we become god's adopted children receiving a similarity of nature with him and we are gratuitously that is without merit on our part accepted into his family dowered with a father's love and affection and given a right to our heavenly inheritance in the next life is anything still wanting to enable us to say abba father and yet further depths of god's love and tenderness for us remain unsounded not only are we called adoptive children of god but in many places of scripture we are simply styled sons or children without any apparent qualification or restriction of his own will hath he begotten us says st james in explanation of which st thomas remarks an adoptive son is sometimes said to be begotten on account of the spiritual generation which is gratuitous and not natural when nicodemus came by night christ taught him that man must be born again of the holy ghost the ruler in israel sorely puzzled at this teaching asked how a man could be born a second time and received the reply that which is born of the spirit 
is spirit st john who recorded this interview with nicodemus afterwards repeats the same doctrine whosoever believeth that jesus is the christ is born of god and every one that loveth him who begot loveth him also who is born of him in all these places of holy writ and numerous others instance is laid on the new birth of man by which he is born of god and becomes his offspring through the action of the holy spirit this is not easily intelligible to the human mind as was evident in the case of nicodemus who though skilled in the religious teaching of his day found it hard to comprehend the difficulty is increased by the fact that our sonship of god is not now apparent as we learn from st john and that our finished resemblance to him will only be perfected in the vision of glory one thing however which we glean from the teaching of scripture is that our relation to god is far more intimate than that between the human father and his adopted child for god in becoming our father gives us a new nature and being by which we become new creatures are begotten to new life and born again of the spirit this new life which we receive is not it is true god's substance and not even a substance at all and so according to saint augustine we are not god's natural children but it is a new principle of life superadded to the substance of our soul making us resemble him and partake of his nature for sonship says cardinal mazella two things are required to have a common nature with another and to receive it from him and this is amply verified in the infusion of grace which is a physical and supernatural participation of the divine nature communicated to us by god while human adoption then gives rise to no real relation of sonship since it makes no intrinsic change in the child and is founded only on convention the divine adoption changes us intrinsically and hence our new relation with god being founded on this real and intrinsic change or justification brings us much closer to god than would any mere legal adoption god then is our father not merely figuratively but in a certain true sense and we are his children with the right to call him father in fact can we not justly say that god is our father by a greater title than our earthly parent for aside from the fact that he does not like our human father communicate to us his formal substantial nature everything we have received from our parents is supereminently the gift also of god's omnipotence and love so that their gifts to us are his as well moreover our soul being immediately created by god is his direct gift thus our parents are but his agents and ministers in our regard 
and as we owe them affection gratitude and obedience we owe all these multiplied a hundredfold to god so that christ himself did not hesitate to say that he who loves father or mother more than him is not worthy of him the parenthood itself of our father and mother is a gift from his hand so that it might be said that we their children are pledges of his love loaned to them for a time until he takes them and us to himself earthly parentage is but a shadow of god's eternal paternity and seems intended to be but temporary in its principal effects it serves for a while to bind husband and wife in closer union and it benefits the children in their nonage until they are able to care for themselves but god's fatherhood has only its beginning in this life in the next we shall continue to be his dependent children when our resemblance to him shall be perfected and appear in all its splendor and glory children whether natural or adopted are heirs of their parents and have a right to their share of the paternal possessions we too shall have the inheritance of eternal glory nor need we wait as earthly children do for the death of their father before succeeding to it we shall enter into our inheritance on the coming of our father at the dissolution of the body provided we be worthy see then the wealth of charity our father hath bestowed upon us in making us his children conformable to the image of his son who is the firstborn amongst many brothers and he our brother has gone to prepare for us a mansion in his father's house and when our place is ready he will come again and take us that where he is we also may be for though the day be never so long at last the bells ringeth to evensong end of chapter eight